The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Welcome, everybody. I'm so glad you could join me for today's show. Feeling anxious? <laughs> little anxiety? I think we're all feeling anxiety, right? I mean, these are the most anxious times that I can remember. I know so many anxious people that I'm really glad that we're going to be doing this show today, and I'm really excited about my guest. Just to give you some stats here, I was doing a little research about anxiety and anxiety disorder because I know so many people that are suffering from this. And did you know anxiety disorder affects over 40 million people in the U.S.? 40 million. And here's some stats, too. I mean, this is a huge problem. Overdose deaths involving benzodiazepines such as Xanax, Librium, Valium, and Ativan, these are drugs commonly used to treat anxiety and phobia and panic panic attacks. Well, this has quadrupled between 2002 and 2015, according to the National Institute on Drug Abuse. So overdose deaths involving benzos commonly used to treat anxiety is on the rise, So today we're going to give you some techniques and tools so that you don't have to take these dangerous benzos and start leading a more calm life. It's it's insane. I mean, 67% rise in prescriptions. So today we're going to be talking about how to take control of your anxiety without medication and discover that healing from anxiety is possible. My guest today is Amy B. Schur, and she's a best-selling author and leading voice in the field of mind-body-spirit healing. She's an energy therapist, and Amy uses techniques to help those experiencing illness and those in need of emotional healing. So we're going to be talking about her book today, How to Heal Yourself from Anxiety When No One Else Can, and Amy is going to share some techniques from the book that you can try today to help manage your anxiety. So Amy, I'm so glad we could connect with you, and I apologize about our... uh, our disconnection earlier, uh, you know, doing live radio, you never know what's going to happen sometimes. So I'm glad you can join us for the show right now. Thank you so much for having me here. Well, give us a, a little bit of a background on energy medicine. So I've been reading the book and I, and I just want people to be clear on how this works, because I think sometimes when you talk about working with energies and energy medicine, that it it doesn't seem real to people, that it's not a real thing. So I just wanted you to give us a little bit of a background on that for people who have never been exposed to this type of healing. 
Yeah, thank you so much for starting with that because I think I used to be one of those people that would hear something like energy medicine or energy healing and it just didn't resonate with me because I'm a very sort of grounded, practical, science-minded person. But when I was struggling with so many health issues myself from anxiety to chronic Lyme disease and autoimmune issues, I really hit a wall in how far I could go using traditional or conventional medicine. And that's when I was sort of forced to turn to alternatives. And what I learned was that energy medicine or energy healing or energy therapy is an amazing complement to to any work that someone may already be doing with their doctor or other practitioners and can also be used as a standalone approach. And the reason is because all of us all of us have an energy system which interacts with and interplays with our physical bodies. So many people are familiar with acupuncture, which relies on the energy system. We all have energy running through different parts of our system in different directions and doing different things. And when that gets imbalanced, especially for long enough, we can um, start to lack the flow of energy to certain organs, muscles, um, and various parts of our bodies and feel physical symptoms. So they're very connected. Energy medicine isn't some far off, um, crazy, you know, sort of concept. It actually works with what we all have in our bodies. We just don't always know about it until we're sort of forced to learn about different types of um, alternative treatments. I think this makes so much sense when I've read more about energy medicine and actually practicing some of the techniques that you share in the book. It, it really makes sense. And I think it'll connect with people when you think of acupuncture and the meridians in your body and that we are energetic beings that when things get out of whack, that's what is causing our anxiety. And you make it a point in the book to say anxiety isn't a single emotion. I think people tend to think that, right? That, oh, I'm feeling anxious. That yep, that's, that's actually yep, the that's, feeling, but it's not, right? Yeah. I get tons and tons of emails. I have anxiety. I have anxiety. I have anxiety. And I always say, you may be experiencing feeling anxious but you don't have anxiety. It's not, it's not an emotion to have. Essentially what I've learned and how I help, you know, people heal is to, to see anxiety as a side effect of suppressing many different emotions. So people can tend to think anxiety is its own emotion or fear is what causes anxiety. But I've actually seen that any emotions that we suppress and don't feel when they're trying to bubble up and out of our system, they can create that feeling of being on edge or anxious because something's trying to come up and get out of our body that we've been trying to hold down. And so I've seen as many clients who have to address suppressed anger in order to heal anxiety as suppressed fear. So it's really not its own thing, and it's not just a different form of fear. Anybody can experience anxiety by not dealing with any of the various emotions that we tend to feel. And in the approach that you use, um, it's kind of a five-step uh, five approach to handling anxiety. And I want to go over those as well. But I wanted you to share a little of your story too. I mean, you've kind of experienced uh, the, the treatments that, you're, that you talk about in the book. I mean, you've done this yourself, right? This has worked on yourself and, and a lot of people that you work with. And what, I mean, growing up, were you the anxious kid or, or did it come on later in life? You yeah, know, those so feelings of anxiety. 
Yeah. So internally, I don't think it, it wasn't until much later in life that I realized that I could identify it as anxiety. I was always really worried about everybody else when I was little. If, if anybody else was in pain, if I was disappointing other people, if um, my parents were upset, if something might happen to somebody I love. And I didn't, of course, you know, now and now actually kids are recognizing anxiety younger, which I think is good and also sad that they're, that they're so tuned into, to, all this anxiousness. Um, but, you know, I didn't see it as anxiety, but I really, I really was a kid who suppressed their emotions because I didn't want to upset anybody. And the more I talk to clients now, the more I realize that people who, who experience anxiety have that pattern. Um, but I do think, you know, I was pretty, I was pretty happy go lucky. I was carefree in many ways, but it, but I internalized everything, which is what I think caught up to me. So by the time, you know, when I was growing up, I always had stomach aches. I remember having to come home from school a lot. I got strep throat all the time. Um, but it wasn't until my twenties when I got really, really sick and was actually bedridden for a couple of years in my twenties. Um, I had, like I mentioned earlier, I had chronic Lyme disease. I had autoimmune disease. I had sort of everything you could imagine um, in different parts of my my body. And what I realized after I had sort of gone all over the world to seek these these drastic medical treatments to try to help myself was that my emotional state was causing such a stress on my body that there was just no way I was going to heal. And I had been to therapy. My own dad was a therapist. So I had been to therapy um, for years. I had been on medications for anxiety in my late teens and 20s. And, and what I realized at that point is there's another way to address our emotional selves, and that's by releasing stuck energy, stuck emotions from the energy system. And even though I had talked about all my problems in lots of therapy and with my family, talking about our problems or how we feel doesn't always release it from the body. And the way that my techniques work and energy therapy works is to actually discharge the stuck energy from the body and remove the blockage so that the energy can flow through all parts of the body and we can feel calm and balanced. And so there's a physical thing, thing, right? That's happening as well. This is actually going on yeah. in our in our physical body, in our system. Yes. And a lot of people will recognize, you know, people say, you know, anxiety isn't, you know, is not in my head, but it's my thoughts. I'm so anxious. I'm thinking, but, but everybody who experiences anxiety can, can sort of relate to that pit in your stomach or the fluttering in your chest. I mean, anxiety is something that happens in the body. And what's happening when we're anxious is old emotions or maybe harmful beliefs like I'm unsafe or I'm not good enough are actually blocking the flow of energy in our body. And what the person is feeling is not enough and not a consistent flow of energy getting to a specific place. So if you're really anxious and you have all these emotions blocking or stuck in your energy system, then energy isn't flowing consistently to your stomach. And that block can feel like that pit in your stomach or that block can feel like the fluttering in your chest or the pain in your back, whatever it may be. So people feel it as real physical symptoms. And there's no denying that real physical symptoms come from stress, anxiety, depression. But where the block or the issue is, is originating is actually in the energy system. And that is so interesting. And, th and the way it manifests in people, it's so different, you know, feeling panic attacks, uh, racing heart, 
you know, negative thoughts, um, difficulty making decisions, you know, as well as like stomach issues, digestive upset, all of those things. So it, it can show up in so many different ways in different people. And I've seen it. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you today because I'm hoping to really pass this information on to some family members and people in my own circle that I know are really suffering from anxiety and how they can manage this without relying so much on, you know, the drugs that I mentioned earlier that so many people are, are taking. Um, and also yeah. I've noticed too, that it can, anxiety can, can come at different times in your life too. Right. Cause I've seen in my own family members, people that seem to have become more anxious as they get older. It, yeah, it's just interesting how it's shown up. Yeah, and I think the reason is because the longer you stay anxious, the more your nervous system sort of gets in that pattern of being anxious. And energy is a pattern in our body. And sometimes after a while of feeling a certain way, it becomes our go-to or our default, not on purpose by any means, but subconsciously. So people can end up going straight to feeling anxious just because they've been feeling that for so long. It's sort of just a bad habit of the body for the nervous system to be on high alert and, and sort of freaked out is how I explain it. And that's why in my book, I teach a lot about how to calm that response, how to calm the nervous system and how to release the beliefs like I'm unsafe or I need to be on top of everything or worried about everything all the time to stay safe. The releasing the root of, of anxiety is really the only way to move forward from it. Otherwise, all that stuff's just stuck in your, your body. It's very hard, as most people know, to override those with positive thoughts. That just typically doesn't work. Um, and when we talk about medications, I always say there's no shame in taking medication when you need it. Absolutely not. We don't want anybody to be afraid of that. But medication simply manages many conditions. And if we want to truly heal it at the core, we have to do our own work. The medication is never going to clear old emotions. It's never going to change our, our thoughts or our beliefs. It's never going to do those things. So while somebody is taking medication and having that support or maybe that temporary relief, it's so beneficial if they can go and actually use that space where they feel a little relief and really work on the core issues so that they can talk to their doctor about maybe trying to wean off of it. And I've had many, many clients who have gotten completely off of their medication with their doctor's support by doing the inner work so that their body no longer needed the medication to suppress that feeling of anxiety. So would you say for someone who's really ready to explore some of these techniques? Because I mean, I've, I've heard about some of the things that you mentioned, you know, in the book that we're going to get into, you know, EFT, emotional freedom technique, uh, tapping, you know, chakras and kind of immersing yourself in that world. And there can be a lot of skepticism, you know, some people have said, oh, you know, EFT, it's just kind of a parlor trick. It's, it's not really something that's going to help. But wouldn't you say when you're approaching this kind of work that really being open to the belief, and, and you talk about beliefs a lot in the book, which I think is great, to the belief that you can heal, that it is possible, and then being open to trying this, these techniques and going into it with that kind of awareness and attitude is really going to increase your success. Absolutely. I think being open and curious is really important. And I always have a very low tolerance for people who are, um, you know, 
sec, not second guessing, that's natural, but having sort of a negative attitude about certain techniques or thinking it's a parlor trick. And, and the truth is when you're really suffering, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Like, what do you have to lose? If you feel bad enough, I think that everybody should be open to trying anything that's safe and can't hurt. Like, why not? So when, when I feel a lot of resistance from people, um, I just say maybe it's not time because I know that going into it with an open mind and curiosity and just being, being willing to allow the healing is so important that it's simply not worth anybody's energy to go into something with a bad attitude. And I think that's probably true with a lot of things in life. Um, and you know, EFT, there's a lot of, there's a lot of studies on it now. There's a lot that shows how it works and why it works. But I think the most important thing is to ask ourselves, does it really matter? If something works, does it really matter? You know, like we want to feel right. better and these techniques can't help. They're all gentle. None of them take hours and hours and hours each time. And and really to ask yourself, what do you have to lose? When I first discovered that emotions played a really big part in our physical health, I was immediately defensive, even though I sort of discovered it myself through reading and through, you know, just my, my life experience. I was a little bit defensive, like, well, I didn't cause this, you know, this wasn't me. I have all these diseases. And then suddenly I had this epiphany about how ridiculous I was being, that if I really wanted to heal, that wasn't going to help me. And even, you know, and even if there were people who thought, you know, just because I found the emotional component of things, it was my fault. Or even if I did play a part in it, like I just got to the point where I was like, who cares? Like, does it really matter? Do all these things that I'm worried about really matter? And I just sort of suspended all of that ridiculous um, sort of self-talk that I had that was trying to talk me out of just trying something to see what happened, just exploring a new thing. And that really made a huge difference for me. So I think when people are really ready to feel better and genuinely going into it to, to do that, you know, these things fall by the wayside. It's just easier to try than to, to combat it so much. Right. I agree. I mean, I've been trying some of these techniques that I've been reading in the book, and I'm anxious for people to be able to do this as well. So we'll we'll jump into that. But I wanted you to just kind of go over the approach that you use to handle it, you know, common retrain your body, dealing with your feelings, releasing stuck emotions, and also experiences from the past, and the beliefs. So you go through this, this approach to handling your anxiety. And I was hoping you can kind of touch on on some of those how it actually works. Sure. So there are several parts to my approach. And again, this all came from me going through this myself, and then helping thousands of other people. And this is like the tried and true kind of things we need to address in order to really heal and move on from anxiety. And we typically do use, you know, managing anxiety sort of in society, but my my goal is to help people not manage it, but actually heal it because it's so exhausting to try to manage it. And I think that's what we're, you know, we tend to do is, is try to keep things under control. But what causes anxiety in the first place is trying to keep everything under control, trying to manage our feelings and manage other people's feelings and manage expectations. So the goal of my approach is really to heal it so there's nothing to manage. So we can just relax for once, right, and move forward. So so the first step is calming and retraining the body, which really deals with the fight, flight, or freeze response, 
which is sort of the body's freak out response when it's been holding on to stuff for so long. The reason we need to retrain the body out of that is because, like I mentioned before, it can be a really bad habit. So once we get kind of riled up or anxious or whatever whatever energy pattern we're in, whether it's depression or anxiety or grief or whatever, if it's there, if it hangs around too long, it can get stuck. So the first part of my process is actually retraining and I give people techniques that they can use every day in just a couple of minutes a day to start setting a new pattern in their body. The next part is dealing with your feelings. And this is the part that we really, really missed, most of us, somehow growing up, which is when we feel our feelings to learn what to do um, to really feel them and then help them move out of our body. Because when we don't know how to deal with our feelings, what do we do? We suppress them. And that doesn't work, at least for most people. And so, so I have a whole chapter that talks about how to deal with your feelings so that you can actually process them and then let them go from your body. The next part of my approach is releasing stuck emotions from the past, which is releasing emotions that you felt at some point didn't know how to deal with and then got stuck in your body. And so I teach a technique um, called thymus test and tap that I created that helps release stuck emotions that are basically imbalancing your energy flow. And then two more parts. The next one is clearing unprocessed experiences from the past. And experiences are something we go through like um, somebody passing away or being bullied that we hold on to in our bodies as sort of a whole, I always explain it and I explain it in the book, as like all these little details and memories that go into like a glass time capsule in our body and keep getting poked at throughout our life and keep getting triggered and re-triggered. And so my techniques teach how to clear unprocessed experiences from the past so that you don't have those in your body that keep getting re-triggered. And then finally, changing harmful beliefs. And we touched on this a little bit, but harmful beliefs are essentially affirmations that are negative. They're messages that we repeat either consciously or subconsciously every day that make us miserable, that probably make us anxious. So these are things like, I'm not good enough, or the world is a scary place. Very, very typical right now, especially with today's news cycle, right? For anybody who keeps checking the news or, you know, is on Facebook a lot or wherever wherever we get exposed to the news, we can start to see things that are really upsetting and triggering and then and then have these beliefs that then sort of dictate how we feel. So um, that's, that's sort of the last part of really working with anxiety and clearing the root of it is clearing the beliefs. And I have pages and pages in the book of example beliefs that people can clear because it's sort of hard to think of, you know, all of the beliefs we can have. But, you know, there's so many and I feel like this is like a huge part of why we feel so anxious is we have these negative affirmations, so to speak, stuck in our heads that are replaying all day long, telling us why we should be anxious. And so clearing those are very, very important. And I some I think of it sometimes as, you know, grooves kind of formed in, in your brain, you know, these these pathways that we think and affirm in our brains over and over of beliefs and ideas that are wrong. And then it just, like you said, it becomes a habit. And maybe at one point had been there to protect us from something or kind of served a purpose, but now we need to learn how to let those go. And it's just retraining our our thoughts and, and changing our beliefs and being able to heal 
And what's so interesting is the, like you said, the science that has backed things up that's come to light over the past few years or finding out about neuroplasticity and, you know, and how the brain can actually, uh, you know, change those pathways. So it is possible. And I, I think it's, uh, it, it's so interesting. And in, this, in the next segment, we're going to go to a break in, in a, a few seconds, but I want you to be able to explain some of the techniques that you share in the book, things that people can do like on airplanes, you know, and <laughs> different, different stressful yeah. situations. And yeah, we are in such a, a stressful time right now. I've had to stop watching the news um, a lot of the time. You know, I can't, I can't keep it on anymore because it's just a constant barrage of, of bad news and stressful thoughts that that's more anxiety inducing than ever. So being able to have these techniques that you share in the book is, uh, is really amazing. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach around the world, we depend on the generosity of listeners like you. If you enjoy the programming, Please make your donation today by going to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Catherine Ponder, taken from a classic talk called The Prosperous Truth, recorded at Unity of Austin in 1991. God is extravagant supply. Get that, extravagant. God is extravagant supply. He brings forth the best robe. He spreads a banquet table, as we saw last night, with good things on which we may feast. He overflows our cup. He opens the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing. And then this is what that Unity Correspondence Course said. Why are you satisfied with such meager living when you may have so much? To find out more about Unity teachings, visit unity.org. Did you know you can reach Unity's 24-7 prayer ministry online? You don't even have to give your name to know the prayers have begun for you or those you love. Someone has been praying around the clock at Silent Unity since 1890, and every request is taken into prayer for 30 days. Why not let us pray with you, too? To submit your prayer request to Silent Unity online, go to unity.org and click on prayer or call 816-969-2000. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment. Unity founder Charles Fillmore is quoted as saying, Here is a mental treatment guaranteed to cure every ill. Sit for half an hour every night and mentally forgive everyone against whom you have any ill will. The act of forgiveness is powerful medicine. Is there someone in your life that you can work on forgiving? Try this exercise tonight. To forgive is to set yourself free. 
Find out more about Unity at unity.org. Would you like to experience more peace and joy in your life through A Course in Miracles? Let Reverend Jennifer Hadley support you in discovering the powerful life lessons available through this unique spiritual thought system that teaches the way to love and peace is through forgiveness. Join Jennifer every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central for A Course in Miracles, living the love, walking the talk, to experience the healing for yourself on Unity Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Be Present, The Diane Ray Show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thanks for joining me through the break. I'm Diane Ray, and I, I was just laughing with uh, my engineer, Jeff, here, that the show today we're talking about is on anxiety, because earlier we're trying to connect, and uh, I couldn't connect, and then we were late getting started, and then I was anxious, and then I was anxious if Amy could hear me, so I, I was definitely feeling a lot of anxiety going into this show, so just very perfect that we can test out some of Amy's techniques here. I'm talking with Amy Cher about her book, How to Heal, Your heal Yourself from Anxiety, when no one else can. And Amy offers some incredible techniques here in the book uh, based on EFT, emotional freedom technique or tapping. You may have heard about this. Um, and also Amy offers uh, a little bit different take on EFT and tapping and how this can work. And also goes into great explanation in the book on the root causes of anxiety and how we can get a better handle on it and really putting more power and control into our hands in dealing with anxiety instead of relying on medications. So Amy, welcome back here to the show. And so let's talk a little bit about that. You went over your approach, um, the five-part approach you describe in the book on handling anxiety in the previous segment. So I mentioned EFT, uh, emotional freedom te technique, and you offer some other techniques as well called chakra tapping um, and also uh, tapping on the thymus gland. So let's talk a little bit about some of those techniques because I'd love to be able to give people some takeaways today um, with the show, things that they can practice at home. And some of these are really simple to manage some of their anxiety, some of their anxieties. Yes, for sure. And many people have heard of emotional freedom technique, EFT, um, and that's one of the four main techniques I teach in the book. So I get a lot of you know, sometimes from people, I don't resonate with EFT or um, I tried it and it doesn't work. And I have a slightly different take on EFT. So I always tell people, try my way. And they usually come back and go, oh my gosh, I love it. I think that EFT can feel overwhelming because there's a lots of moving parts and people have to figure out what to say. But I really outlined in the book um, how to use EFT in the easiest way. And then if somebody doesn't resonate with EFT, if they truly don't, they can heal anyway. There's plenty of other techniques out there and there's plenty of other techniques in my book that um, that you don't ever need to just rely on one in order to heal. So if it's okay, I'll quickly go through the techniques and then maybe I can sh share with our listeners a shortcut to one of them that will help them start releasing anxiety right now. Does that sound good? Yeah, that would be great. And I have to say too, that I was one of those people that 
had tried EFT and thought, oh, this isn't going to, you know, I, I was skeptical. I'll admit <laughs> so I was very skeptical. Yeah. <laughs> but then when I, when I did re, I retried it and I went into reading, reading the book with an open mind and said, okay, let me try this again. Because, you know, again, to me, it makes so much sense because I'm a big believer in the mind body connection. And I realize that we're energetic beings and, you know, I've done acupuncture with great success and all of that. So that all made so much sense to me that I couldn't figure out why when I first tried it, that it just kind of fell flat. So I, I wanted to share that with you that I, I do feel that the way you explain it and kind of the different approaches um, are, are really beneficial. Oh, so anyway, just I'm just so wanted glad. to throw that out. <laughs> Thank you so much. Because when I first learned EFT, I thought it was crazy and it didn't feel like it. I just didn't, it didn't land with me and I didn't use it. It wasn't until years later that I sort of was reintroduced to it. And I was like, oh my gosh, it just doesn't have to be as hard as everybody makes it out to be. And that's when I sort of just put my own twist on it and hopefully explain it in a really simple, you can do it way, don't have to be perfect. You know, all of my techniques are very relaxed. I'm not somebody who has a whole lot of patience, which I think actually ends up helping my readers and my clients because I don't expect them to use any super complex hour long techniques um, either because I wouldn't be able to. I think that if we're really going to use techniques to heal ourselves, those techniques have to be easy to use. They have to be digestible. They have to be something everybody can work into their real life life, right? We don't, we don't all have the luxury of having nothing to do except focus on ourselves. So, um, so emotional freedom technique is one of the techniques. There's, and, and many people are, are you know, familiar with that, so I'll just explain it very briefly. But it's tapping on different acupoints in the body to release stuck emotions. And you essentially tap and talk about what's stuck or how you feel whatever your challenge is, at the same time as tapping, and it releases those feelings. Another technique um, that I have in the book is called chakra tapping, and chakra tapping is tapping on specific chakra points in order to release energy stuck in chakras. So chakras are swirling sort of energy centers in different parts of the body that store early childhood emotions and experiences. And many of us are still holding on to early childhood stuff, trauma, stress, beliefs. And so by tapping on the chakra point versus the meridian point, which is what emotional freedom technique uses, it um, helps us release some of those different types of energies. The next um, technique that I teach is called thymus test and tap. Your thymus gland is in under your breastbone, about an inch below where you would tie a bow tie or put a bow tie on your neck, your thymus gland is the master gland of your immune system. It not only is part of your immune system, but it's closely energetically tied to your energy system. And when we tap it, we can release stress and trauma and also balance the energy system. So I have a technique for learning how to identify stuck emotions in the body and then release them and repair or rebalance the immune system at the same time by, by tapping on the thymus gland. And then I'm going to show you a shortcut for that in just a second. But the last one is called the sweep. And this is a technique that I created and wrote. Um, it's a script that helps us release old beliefs and messages from our subconscious mind. And it's a very specifically worded script that took me a long time to figure out, kind of to dial in. 
that essentially it's somebody can read it or record it on their phone and listen back to it. And it helps reprogram the brain and let go of the old subconscious beliefs like I'm not good enough, I'm unsafe, I can't relax, and install new positive beliefs like I am good enough, I'm safe, I can relax, which will all help mitigate anxiety. So those are kind of a quick rundown of the main techniques in the book. But I'd like to share a shortcut, if it's okay, to thymus test and tap. So in the book, I have a chart of emotions where I teach you how to find which emotions are stuck in your body and tap them out using thymus tapping. But even without having the book, you can use your thymus gland to clear stuck emotions. So if everybody would just take a big deep breath and close their eyes and sort of feel into whatever anxious feelings you're feeling right now. And the first challenge before we can truly let go of something is to identify it as something other than anxiety. So this is a big challenge for people because people are used to just saying, I'm anxious, I'm anxious, I'm anxious, I have anxiety, I have anxiety, I have anxiety. And what happens is it doesn't get released because you're not really feeling anxiety. You're feeling a suppressed emotion that's causing anxiety. So this first step of just asking your body, asking your heart, asking your inner, you know, your higher self, what am I really feeling in this moment? And sort of forcing yourself in a loving way to identify an, a real emotion like grief, anger, disappointment. What am I really feeling that's coming up as anxiety? And I'll give everybody a second. Sometimes it's a word that comes to mind. Sometimes you think of an old experience or some emotion that you've you know, felt lately. And I would just go with the first thing that comes up, even if it doesn't make sense, because usually that's sort of your intuitive side pushing it toward you. And once you have that <sighs> okay. emotion, I have one. did you find one? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Right away. And Good. And once you find that emotion, what you can do is start tapping on your thymus gland with your fingertips. So again, about an inch below where a bow tie would sit on your neck, which is sort of the notch of your neck, go about an inch below, squish all your five fingers together, and just go ahead and tap in that area. And what I like to do is say, let go, let go, let go. So you're giving your body a new message instead of hold on, hold on, hold on, which is what we normally do, to actually let go and process that emotion out. So I'll give you all a few seconds to do that. Just tap and just hold in mind whatever emotion you're going to let go of. And let's just kind of use that mantra, let go, let go, let go. And just keep tapping. I usually tap with medium pressure. Don't hurt yourself, but you can give yourself a good tap. Let go, let go, let go. Go ahead and keep tapping. We're giving your body the opportunity to identify the real thing you're feeling and let it go instead of suppress it so that there's no need for it to try to bubble up and out all the time. Let's do it again. Let go, let go, let go. We'll do it a couple more times. Take some big deep breaths if you need to. Just keep tapping. Let go, let go, let go. And one final time. Let go, let go, let go. Okay, and you can stop tapping and take a couple big deep breaths. 
what I would normally have people do is kind of check in and see how you're feeling. If you're feeling better, then you don't need to keep going. If you're feeling maybe even a little more anxious, once in a while this will happen because the emotion's finally coming up from deep down in your system to release. You can keep doing that or you can ask your body, is there another emotion I'm feeling, a real emotion that's contributing to or causing anxiety? What am I really feeling? And do it again and just go through those emotions when you're feeling anxious and let your body share with you what's trying to bubble up and out and use the tapping to actually allow it out of your body for once. How did you do with that, Diane? <clears throat> That's interesting. So I, I felt um, my, my identifying emotions were, were first frustration uh, then aggravation. Then if I dug a little bit deeper into that, then I was feeling some anger. And then as I felt myself letting it go, I felt that I had to kind of clear my throat. Like it was kind of coming up through the, through the throat, Good. which was, which was interesting. And then I just was trying to breathe and, and let it go. And I, and I do, Good. I do feel, feel a little bit better. I could feel a, sh a little shift Good. there. And we only did it, you know, for less than a minute, but you could sit there and do it for a few minutes easily. And just the key here is the identifying of the real thing. Anxiety is never going to be released until you try to figure out or until you figure out what's under it, what is really causing the anxiety. So the first part of that technique works because we're identifying the real thing and your body's going, ah, this is something I can work with. This is something I can resolve. The body doesn't know how to resolve anxiety because anxiety is not the thing that's the problem. It's the emotions that are suppressed. So we identify it and give the body something real to work with. And then we pair it with the thymus tapping, which gives us a really concrete way to clear it from the energy system and the body. So that those two things are kind of magic. So that's one technique I want to teach everybody. And can I do one more quick one? Oh, sure. That's really helpful. Okay. I, I was practicing that one last night, the thymus test. Good, and just so good. people know, too, you know, I actually had to look up uh, where the thymus is because I didn't really know what that gland did. You know, you don't really understand or hear yeah. about what the thymus gland actually does. So I had to look it up. And you gave a great explanation of where, where it actually is. I thought originally that it was more at the base of your throat, because I was thinking throat chakra, but it's not really mm. there. It's down a little bit more, right? Like yes. Where, it's where it actually sort of, is. Yeah. Some people can actually feel sort of a raised area in their breastbone. And it's sort of like under there. It's like, that's a protective kind of like shield for it. And it's under your breastbone. So just so every, if anybody's confused, you will never be able to feel your thymus gland. Once in a while, somebody misinterprets um, things or I wasn't clear enough when I explain it. And they're like, but I still don't feel it. And I always say, you know, you're not going to feel it. You're just kind of going for where it is. And the cool thing about this technique and all tapping techniques is you don't have to be right on the right point because it's the percussive effect of tapping. It's sort of the vibration that sends like a whoosh of energy through the system to clear it. So I work with kids that are as little as five years old. And trust me, they don't get everything perfect and they, they benefit anyway. So it's really the tapping and not exactly being on the right point. As long as you're in the general area, you're totally fine. 
So right. the next Makes technique sense. that I want to teach, yeah, the next technique that I want to teach people is something that they could do, um, you know, if they're at a restaurant, uh, you know, out and anxious or at work, and it's something that can be easily done under um, under a desk. So there's a point, again, an invisible point. You won't ever see it um, or find it on the top of the hand. If you run your pointer finger down in the groove between your pinky and your ring finger, about halfway down your hand in the in between the ligaments, there's a point there, again, you won't see it, but that you can rub or tap that helps calm the fight, flight, or freeze response. This is part of the pathway of the meridian that governs the fight, flight, or freeze response in your body. So by tapping or rubbing about halfway down on your hand in between the ligaments of the pinky and the ring finger, you can calm your body's nervous system and your body's freak out response, which is what I call it in the book, and really relax the body. And you can even, you don't even need to put your hand under a desk or nobody will, nobody will question you if you're kind of massaging your hand. So I take one hand and kind of just massage the other hand in my lap. And that really works well. Does that make sense where I'm telling you that is? Oh, absolutely. And there's great illustrations and diagrams in the book to, to yes. show you yes. for the listeners. But yeah, I was able to to work with that. And, and that's a great technique, too, because like you said, you can just kind of, you know, slip that underneath the table, <laughs> wherever you are, yeah, you know, absolutely. and no one will know what you're really doing. Um, but what really I wanted you to also... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This say, is great. That's a really good one to teach kids. Or you can do it on somebody else. I've had people that I work with who are in the hospital or in a really difficult situation, and I can just kind of hold their hand gently and do that for them. So that's a really nice one to do for somebody who can't do it for themselves or, or kids. So these two techniques that you just shared, immediately after this interview, I'm I'm calling a certain family member, <laughs> like the most anxious That's person good. I know, and I'm going to share this with her. But I wanted to make sure I understood the um, the setup statements because what in in connection with these uh, acupressure points that you're working with, it's also what you're saying to interrupt those patterns because the the person that I want to share this with specifically has these running thoughts, running thoughts of what, of, of anxiety, you know, kind of constant anxious thoughts that yeah. she can't seem to get off that treadmill. And I know that the, I think these techniques are really going to be helpful. And part of it is the, the statements. Yes. So with EFT, that's true. With the two techniques I just taught you, there's no statements that go along with it. You don't need to say anything. Oh, okay. That's even anything. better. Yes, there's nothing that goes along with it. The statements that you're thinking of go with emotional freedom technique. And that's why I think a lot of people get a little bit um, nervous about what should I say. And I do have lots of options in the book, and I tell you right there what you can say. But for those, just to be clear, for those two techniques, there's no need to say anything. You don't even have to say let go, let go, let go. That's something I like to do, but it is absolutely not part of the technique and not necessarily necessary. I just think we all have such a pattern of holding on to things that it's a nice verbal reminder or permission for the body to let go. But if you were really anxious and you couldn't even remember those words, um, all you would have to do is just kind of feel into what you were feeling and then just keep tapping and breathing. That's it. Super, super easy. And so both of those things could be done even during a panic attack to calm you down very quickly. 
Oh, I love that. And I'm glad that you clarified um, with those two techniques, because that is something I'm going to share immediately <laughs> with these people, Good. because Good. Uh, I think this is going to be really helpful. Um, so I, I wanted to talk. For... I just want to say, I think oh, go it's ahead. important for people to know techniques. It's okay to, you know, it's definitely great to know emotional freedom technique and some of the things that are slightly more complex, but it's so important, right? When we don't feel good when we're anxious or when we're exhausted or when we're just frustrated and disgusted, it's so good to have some tools in our back pocket that are super, super easy and we don't have to think about. Because I always tell my clients, if it's too complicated and you're like me, you're just not going to use it, right? It's just too hard. You don't have the energy. You don't feel good, whatever it is in that moment. So hopefully those two techniques are so simple that, that people will really be able to use them. No, that's so great. And I'm, I'm excited to share those too, because I think it's going to be so helpful. And then as you get more into it, and as you share in the book, then you can work with the statements with EFT. And, and just to explain to people how those work, could you give just like a little explanation of the setup statement and, and how that works? Sure. Yeah. So when you use EFT and chakra tapping, you start on your karate chop point, which is on the side of your hand, sort of where you would break a board in martial arts, and you start tapping there. And there's a setup statement that we do, which sort of starts us off with our tapping or kicks off our tapping. And the setup statement is something like, even though I feel so angry right now, and that's making me anxious, I choose to let it go. And all we're doing is we're stating the problem, even though I have this feeling or this problem, and then pairing it with what we want our body to do. Choose to let it go. Get it out of our, out of our system. And we set it up that way in order to help our bodies set up what we're going to do and basically, you know, acknowledge what the problem is, bring it up because suppressing it doesn't work. We've already all learned that many times and then sort of giving our body a nice command about what we want to happen. So that is a typical setup statement. Even though I feel X, Y, or Z, I choose to let it go or I can let it go now. And there's a typical EFT, a real traditional statement that is, even though I have whatever problem this is, you know, you state it. Um, I deeply love, you know, I don't even use it. So I deeply love and accept myself. I think that's what it is. And I'm only stumbling on it because I don't use it. And I talk about how in the book that I never resonated with the standard statement and it made me kind of shy away from EFT in a way. So I give lots of lots of choices for statements in my book about using a statement that feels good to you. Because if you're using something that doesn't quite feel right or feels a little um, too kind of foo-foo or all love light and, you know, whatever, a lot of people feel like, oh, this doesn't feel like me or it feels too weird. And then again, you don't use it. So I give lots of different, you know, choices for the setup statement. But my go-to is usually, even though I feel X, Y, or Z, I choose to let it go. You only do that on the karate chop point. And then on all the rest of the points, you get to just sort of vent and have a venting pity party about all the things you feel. And we're really essentially bringing up how you feel and tapping at the same time to let it go. People who are really into positive psychology sometimes have a hard time with it and say, well, if I say something negative, I might feel it. And I always say, you're anxious because you're already feeling it. It's okay to admit how you're really feeling, not admitting how you really feel and trying to sort of cover it up with all these happy affirmations has, doesn't usually serve people and hasn't, you know, hasn't gotten us anywhere. And so we're really just acknowledging the reality of how we feel and tapping to let it go. And that's what EFT is about. And that's how the setup statement works. 
That's interesting you brought that up about the setup statement, because I think that that's why I originally, too, was kind of like, ah, oh, this, you know, this is not really going to work for me because, well, I already ex- felt I accept myself. That wasn't really right. the problem, you know? So, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I love the options with uh, those kind of statements that people can play around with. Or, like you said, you could use something that wor- that's working for you or something that you feel more aligned with. And, and then taking the worry out of having to say a specific thing. It doesn't have to be a certain part of the script. You're not tied to that because that's going to cause you more anxiety. Exactly. And I think that's one of the reasons that my approach appeals to so many people. My um, first book, so this anxiety book um, came out recently, but my first book was called How to Heal Yourself When No One Else Can. And that was primarily about dealing with chronic illness or physical conditions. And it's now translated into, I think, uh, 12 or 13 languages. And I think the reason it had such appeal Um, you know, aside from the fact that, you know, the techniques work is that my attitude is just, just do it, just be relaxed. You can't do it wrong, make it work for you. And I think that for people who don't feel good and people who are experiencing anxiety, that's so important. It's so important to give people the permission to just make it easy and to just do it any way that feels good. And I try in my books to really, you know, bring that across that you don't have to be perfect just do it just play around with it and I give over and over um, probably sound like a broken record but I give so much permission about why it's important just to just to do it and keep it simple and then it does really work it does and you've had a lot of people that you've helped with these techniques and also it's something that you can add to with whatever you're doing, you know, maybe talk to your therapist about it if they've never brought it up or mentioned it, you know, maybe have them work with you on doing a session or or something like that, where you can integrate it into, into what you're doing already. Because of course, if you are taking any kind of anxiety meds, you know, I'm sure it's not a good idea to just stop whatever you're doing, you know, and say, I'm cured, you know, like, then you can probably, you know, really get into problems, you know, at that point. Yes. Yes. It's interesting, though, I find that a lot of people, once they start doing the emotional work, the anxiety medication becomes like whatever their normal dose is, is too much because they're resolving so much of what they needed the medication for. And that's why it's important to, you know, work with a doctor if you're thinking about going off of it to do it very slowly and just kind of listen to your body about what you really need at any given point, because what you may need today may be different than what you need a few months down the line. And most of the referrals I get um, in terms of working with people in my private practice are from doctors. And so I think even doctors these days are really valuing Um, you know, people doing their own work. I mean, it's not, it's not a reliable, even if you have the best therapist or the best doctor or the best practitioner you see every week, what are you supposed to do in the seven days in between, right? You you know, this, this work is such a compliment because this helps you heal and find relief even in between the times that you're getting the support and help that you need. And I think it's important Because when we feel out of control and like we can't help ourselves, what happens? We get anxious, right? So this 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 (laughs) healing approach is just, it's just another great way to calm ourselves down and feel more in control. 
Well, it's been so amazing to talk with you and I hope people check out this book. I found it so helpful and I'm really, uh, I'm not going to say anxious, but I'm excited (laughs) to get on the phone and share this (laughs) with uh, my friends and family. I think it's going to really help. And Amy is online, amybshare.com. Check her out also on social media. And Amy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Diane. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.